left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight podcast. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is one of our infielders, David Banks. David, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Great. Excited to hear these stories. Again, our goal with this is just to hear about your journey and your path to get into passive investing, what you found to be helpful, where you're going next, those kind of things, just because we think the stories are so interesting. So maybe you can just start off by giving us some background about the journey, how you got started and where you came from. Sure. Back in 2012, I started out as a hard money lender. I was doing secured lending to an investment group who bought and refurbished single family rental homes. For all practical purpose, I was a mortgage banker uh, lending my money to a group of refurbers for single family homes. I also did some loans to house flippers too. And then in 2019, I met a coworker in my high tech job. I was in software sales for 30 years. And he introduced me to Christopher Nelson from WealthWord Capital. And Christopher also worked at the same company I did. And I started to expand my passive investing into other asset classes. So I started investing in multifamily, mobile home parks, and ATMs, and some hard money, additional hard money funds. Since 2019, I've been building my network of syndicators, capital raisers, and passive investors. I spend about 25 to 30 hours a week networking with other syndicators and passive investors, as well as learning about the other asset classes and learning how to evaluate them. What's your flavor of choice on asset classes these days? Diversification. (laughs) So (laughs) I started out investing after hard money. Multifamily was my first choice. I've done several of those. And then ATMs was next. So I'm focused on cash flow first. I'm retired. My wife and I are retired. We don't have a W-2 income coming into the house. And so for me, cash flow is important, followed by depreciation. I still do some stock trading. And when I have a good year, I like having the offset of the depreciation and the tax benefits. Absolutely. That's one of the fun factors of all this, for sure. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the resources that you've developed through or utilized throughout the journey that you've been on? Sure. So I really believe in the power of networking and being part of a community of like-minded investors. So obviously, I'm a member of Left Field Investors. I'm also a member of 506 Group and a private investment club. These groups have been a great learning opportunity on my passive investing journey. I get a lot of them. I've met a lot of people. Say the second thing is attending passive investing conferences. So I've attended ASIM Capital's Intelligent Investors Real Estate Conference. I've been to Joe Fairless's Best Ever Conference now two years in a row. I've also attended the 506 conference, which is fantastic. So again, I'm meeting people, I'm meeting syndicators. I very much believe in that saying that your network is your net worth. And so I do spend a lot of my time developing that network and getting advice from other people who are much farther along on the journey than I am. 
Then I've also attended various mastermind classes, particularly in multifamily and mobile home parks, learning how to evaluate the different asset classes. That's important to me. I've invested a lot of time and some money attending these classes. And then also listening to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, including Jim Pfeiffer's podcast. I like the best ever real estate, Joe Fairless's podcast. Because I'm an investor in mobile home parks, I like Frank Rolfe's Mobile Home Park Mastery podcast. That's great. Yeah. And then I guess another one would be finding mentors that are, like I said, farther along the journey, which I've done. I've got a few mentors who have helped me, directed me, advised me, I'm able to bounce investment ideas off of them. I'm a fairly conservative investor. I like to know what I'm investing in. Generally, I will attend a class, learn about the asset class before I'll make an investment. So I'm not yet in six, seven, eight different asset classes. I'm primarily focused on four right now looking to expand into a couple others. But having these mentors has been really helpful to me because I can call them, uh, learn how to evaluate the investment and get advice. Hello, everyone. This is Steve Sue, one of the founders of Left Field Investors. I would like to sincerely thank you for being amazing supporters of our growing community. You all are at the forefront of the left field investing movement, where we take away the emphasis of paper investments on Wall Street by thinking differently and investing passively in real assets on Main Street. My wife, who wants to go back to having normal conversations at the dinner table, is thrilled and relieved that I've finally found other like-minded people who geek out about economic vacancy, reversion cap rates, and of course my favorite, IRR partitioning. Anyway, thank you again for traveling this journey with us, and please help us spread the word about left field investors. I think that's great. You'll hear us speak a lot of times too about we think that network is so important, not just ours. We think being involved in any network, just having that connection to other people that are further down the road, mentoring, whatever the case may be, so helpful, it seems like. So we highly encourage that. That's great. What about some lessons learned along the way since you've been doing this for a little bit? Any big aha moments? I think if you're new to passive investing, you want to really know what your passive investment criteria are. So like I said, for me, first and foremost is cash flow. But I recognize for somebody who has still working, has a W-2 income, cash flow may not be number one. So you've got to figure out, is it cash flow that's important? Is it appreciation? Is it depreciation? In my case, depreciation is second most important. And then you've also got to look at your time horizon for your investments. As we know, many of these passive investments stretch out five to 10 years. In my case, because cash flow is king <laughs> in my world, I look uh, for opportunities that cash flow in generally 120 days or less. So therefore, I'm not investing in new development or what they call opportunistic asset classes, because generally that's a one year to year and a half wait before you see any cash flow. So before you start passively investing, it really helps to understand what are your priorities, what's important to you in the situation you're in. Then I think second, look at the track record of the general partner, the operator, before you look at the deal. Because as I've learned, a good general partner can take a weak deal and make it profitable. But a bad general partner with a bad track record can take a good deal and potentially lose all your capital. Yeah. Hopefully we don't run into too many of those. <laughs> no, hopefully we don't. But in my opinion, you start with the track record. Generally, I will not invest in with GPs or operators who or syndicators that have less than five years of track record. I look for how many exits they've had, how many deals have they taken full cycle, 
if they were multifamily, did they go through the 2008-2009 recession? How did they fare during the pandemic? Did they stop distributions during the early months of COVID? These are all questions I ask first of the syndicator before I start diving into the deal. And then really one of the last things I look at, I mean, obviously I want to know if it's going to cash flow early. That's that's because my most basic criteria, but I'm not really focusing on the internal rate of return right out of the chute. That can really be a slippery slope going into a bad deal if that's what you're focused on. So learn how to do your due diligence, check references, dive in, really look at the track record on the syndicator first. Yeah, I think that's great. I think I fell in on some of those traps myself. I know the first deal I got into, the first syndication I did, it was a sexy thing to get into. My ultimate goal became wanting to replace my W-2 income. So cash flows king to me as well. Well, the first deal I got into was a full teardown redevelop that wasn't going to cash flow for three years that I'm like, I got sucked into the shiny object and just ran with it, unfortunately. So I think that's great advice to try to be clear. And it's hard to do because there are so many shiny objects, I think. But the more you can be clear on your goals, the better you can align your investments then to get there. So I think that's great. I totally agree, Chad. I think it really starts out with your goals first before you look at any investments and figure out what it is you need, what are you trying to accomplish. And then there are so many opportunities out there, both good and bad, that across multiple asset classes, you'll find, I believe, good opportunities that are going to fit whatever your goals are. But if you go out there and just start looking at opportunities, some are going to be richer with cash flow. Some are going to be richer with upside opportunity. Some have strong depreciation. Some will not. It really gets confusing unless you kind of know what's important to you. Well, and on top of that, it seems like the sponsors are really good at marketing usually. So they suck you in. They all sound great when you're talking to them. (laughs) So it sounds like passive investing is a big part of your wealth building strategy. Can you talk about that a little bit too? Sure. So like I said, cash flow is king. It's a major part of my wealth building strategy. I mean, I don't mind sharing right now. My portfolio allocation is about 57% stocks and bonds. So 32% passive investing and 11% cash. I'm a little heavy in cash right at the moment, partly because I got out of some stocks in the late fall when markets started turning down. So that's kind of my current allocation. And then I'm looking to move to more into passive investing, probably closer to 50% of my portfolio in passive investments from the 32% that I'm at today. Within the passive investing portfolio, 42% multifamily, 20% mobile home parks, 19% hard money lending, and 19% ATMs. So you do still have the hard money lending going on too? I'm not doing hard money lending myself anymore. I'm winding that business down. It's just not worth it. Since I started passing- It's probably getting hard too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot trickier than it used to be, and I'm not looking to scale that business. But I've also invested in a hard money fund like Socotra Fund. They have a secured lean hard money fund where if you're just looking for pure cash flow, it's a good place to park some money. So I'll probably continue to do that, but I'm starting to explore some other asset classes too. That's great. Well, David, this has been fantastic. That runs through most of what we wanted to go through. But to finish up, I'd just be curious, you know, what's next? What's the big ticket that you're watching tracking right now? Sure. So like I said, wanting to diversify this year into other asset classes. I think diversification is important. I think multifamily with the compression of the cap rates, it's harder to find really quality deals than it was three years ago when I started. 
So I'm doing less multifamily unless it falls into a niche I call special situation. So I've been looking at Dave Zook's debt validation fund, considering investing that again, that's a heavy cash flow opportunity. The downside to that is it's taxed as ordinary income. So again, you got to know your priorities. Otherwise, you could have a lot of cash flow, but you could also have a big tax bill associated. But that potentially works for me. Then I've been looking at Bitcoin mining. Not sure still on that. I missed the big Bitcoin run of 2008, 9, 10, 11. So I totally missed that train. But I've been studying that a little bit. And then I'm going to continue building my network and continuing to take classes and obtaining some more conferences in the fall. 506 Group's having their conference in the fall. I'm going to that. Then I'm going to one of my investments is with Lone Star Capital. I'm going to their conference in New York this fall. Great. It's nice that those are opening back up again, that we can get out to those, hopefully. It's so great being in person. BUC and some Capitals Investors Conference, I met so many people and I've had so many follow-up phone conversations. It's just really tremendous to get to meet people in person. Yeah, absolutely. We were supposed to meet at BEC and I didn't get to make it out there, unfortunately. So hopefully I will find you at one of these future ones. But David, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time and the story. It's great information. Appreciate you sharing. My pleasure. And if anybody wants to reach out and speak with me and talk passive investing, reach out to me through the forum or send me a message. I'm always happy to jump on a call and share what I'm doing. Great. Really appreciate it, David. Thank you. Have a great day. This episode is brought to you by MAG Capital Partners, a leading investment firm specializing in single-tenant industrial real estate with triple net leases. MAG invests in properties with established tenants in manufacturing, cold storage, and distribution. These income investments are designed for strong, tax-advantaged cash flow from day one and have historically generated above-market returns. With approximately $500 million of real estate acquisitions, MAG Capital Partners has extensive experience and a history of profitable exits. To learn more about MAG Capital Partners, visit www.magcp.com. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.